Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives. Sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. We can Sisters overcoming and rising. Inspiration, interviews, and more. A sisterhood for healing and empowerment. Join Dr. Stephanie and Soul. Our topic. Trouble paths to a triumphant future. The journey of freeing your heart. My special guest is Lauren Patterson, and I'm so excited to tell you a little bit about Lauren. Lauren Patterson was born in Guam, but never got to experience that version of island life. Her family moved to Oahu, Hawaii, when she was only a few months old, and they stayed there until Lauren turned 12. After watching her parents divorce, she moved to California with her mother. These experiences during her formative years helped create a lasting sense of wonder combined with curiosity for the world around her. Lauren earned her BS in business management and an MBA from the University of Phoenix. She has worked in the hotel industry, property management, and facilities management, and specializes in customer service. Passionate about all she does, Lauren stewed over the idea of writing a book for the better part of a decade. It wasn't until the realities of pandemic life in 2020 took hold that she decided it was finally time to put pen to paper. Through the suffering and troubling times, Lauren finally discovered her true passion and purpose in life, bringing some goodness to a world in need. Her first book, Freeing Your Heart for Love, is a memoir. Lauren is a simple woman who believes everything happens for a reason, and even if we aren't meant to understand why, we are all guided to the right place at the right time. Armed with this theory, she approaches each new day with a contagious enthusiasm. When she is not nestled into her favorite couch writing, Lauren enjoys spending quality time with her family. She met the love of her life in 2017 and has never been happier. She loves quiet days at the beach and listening to her three grandchildren splash and play with the innocence only youth provides. Welcome to SOAR, Lauren. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show to discuss troubled past to a triumphant future. And I love this topic because we're not all born into the perfect family or we don't all have the perfect youth. Some of us have had troubled past. And the goal of SOAR is to share our struggles and how we have overcome them in order to help another sister who might be struggling. So I would love to just open it up with allowing you to share your story and why some people might say that you have had a troubled past. Yes, thank you. I am very 
you know, now that I've been through what I've been through in my life, I know that I can say I am thankful for the lessons that I've had. But I think some might say I had a troubled past just based off my past decision making, especially in my relationships. As a young child, I was not taught how to love or anything about love and grew up in a toxic environment. So I carried, you know, these these feelings and this what I learned as a child into my teens and then into my adulthood. So I think that, you know, some would say from the age of 16, from what I remember up until maybe 42, I didn't really wake up and realize what kind of decisions I was making in in my life. And so I think that's what some people would probably think I've had a trouble past just based off of that. Mm-hmm. Hear more details, whatever you're comfortable with sharing about your story of, of your past. Yeah, so I was raised by, well, my parents divorced when they were, when I was young. And I don't remember a lot of my childhood and a lot of therapists have told me it's probably because when you deal with such a traumatic childhood, you kind of block out some memories, especially the bad ones. But all I can really remember is the bad ones. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was born in Guam and raised in Hawaii. And I remember... I was living with my dad and I just remember him always using the belt and I talk about a lot of this in my book but I remember the belt I remember the coffee table I had to lay next to when I would get these spankings and if I moved I would get more and so I always thought you know I was a bad kid and you know what am I doing wrong but I was so young I think I was probably maybe 12 or 11 Um, but all I remember is like really bad things I remember my mom always yelling at me she was a perfectionist I call her a beautiful perfectionist because she was beautiful on the outside but on the inside she was a very abusive and toxic person and she wasn't very loving at all and not a lot of support you know so my support system was broken and so that's a lot of what I remember my childhood is just going back and forth from my mom and my dad because we were broken up with our siblings Um, we were separated as children so we didn't all live together so a lot of that is now in our adulthood I mean I barely talk to my brothers and sisters and I know a lot a lot of it has to do with because we weren't raised together we were always separated yeah so yeah yeah it it does sound like uh, a very traumatic childhood which makes it even more amazing that you have been able to heal from it like you like you said initially you know a lot of times people can choose to repeat the things that they see growing up or they can choose to do the exact opposite and it's always interesting to me like what makes the difference between someone who chooses to repeat it and someone who you know does the work to heal and 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 try to move in an opposite direction so i really appreciate you sharing that very personal story and and it's hard to believe that you've done so much we've talked a little bit more about the things that you've done in your life that you include in your book in such a short time mm-hmm. And I would just love to understand why you decided to to write a book and and tell us what your book is about. Yeah, so my decision to write a book, I actually, for over a decade, I used to share my relationship stories with my friends. And I would often hear them say, you should write a book. (laughs) And, you know, I would just laugh because... Number one, I never read books. You know, I, I now discovered in 2020 that I'm an audio person. And so I love to 
you listen to audibles, but just to sit down and read a book, that wasn't me. Like that was always really hard for me. So I would just laugh at them and be like, well, I don't even read books. So how would I write a book? (laughs) And I never grew up as a, you know, a scholar. I wasn't good in English. I I wasn't good in school. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I just laughed at the idea, but then something changed inside me. And in April of last year, I joined a virtual writing workshop for fun. I was working for a healthcare company and there was a lot of doctors and nurses that joined this workshop just for fun because of the pandemic. They wanted people to Mm -hmm. be happy and try to think of positive things. So I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. So I joined it. It was every Saturday at 10 a.m. And as soon as my pen hit the paper to complete these writing prompts, I was overcome with so much emotion I didn't even know where it was coming from. I was just like crying and I was like, what is wrong with me? And I just, uh, I just opened my computer in April and started writing my book with no plan, just an outline in my head and just my memories. And I just started writing my book and now I finished my manuscript and now it's in professional editing, but I finished in December. Took me eight months. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, I mean, I I had to pinch myself throughout writing that book. So I'm like, oh, my God, it doesn't even sound like me. You know, like I was a different person. You know, I turn on my jazz music that always helped me with my creative flow. And it was there was something about the 7 p.m. hour that just helped me write. I I couldn't write any time before that. It was always 7 (laughs) p.m. So I just, you know, sat down and told my family, you know, I'm writing leave me alone. (laughs) And I just, you know, had that time. And my book is basically, it's about a lot of things, but it's mostly about overcoming some of life's greatest challenges, some severe suicidal depression. I had three failed marriages and many other life lessons, but ultimately finding self-love and my true happiness. Mm, that sounds wonderful. And and what an amazing story. I mean, some people, it takes them years to write a book and you just kind of <laughs> didn't have a plan to write, just started. It sounds like it just started to flow out of you. And yes. a lot of times when the truth does that, it comes with tears and it comes with the, a cathartic experience. So that's pretty amazing. And, and now you've got it in professional editing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's Thank that's you. wonderful to hear. And I look forward to reading it when it comes out. And I'm sure it'll be um, cathartic because anytime you share your own cathartic experiences, I think Mm -hmm. it prompts the reader to have cathartic experience with whatever they've gone through as well. So I know when we talked before, you mentioned that you had some really difficult marriages. We talked a little bit about your your childhood and Mm -hmm. what happened there. So tell me a little bit about your marriages and and your relationships. Yeah, so my book is written into four parts. Each part is about my marriages. I'm I'm happily married now to my husband and the one that I truly know I was supposed to be with all my life. But my first three marriages were not the best. My first marriage, I married him when I was 17. My mom actually had to sign papers, basically, to release me, I guess, liability. And at the time, you know, I had run away with this guy because I was trying to get away from that toxic environment. And I thought, oh, if I run away with this guy, I'm going to be happy. I ended up going back to my mom after I ran away one summer. And for some reason, my stepdad convinced this guy to marry me. 
I don't know if he paid him. I still don't know to this day, <laughs> but um, he, you know, he said, you need to marry her because he didn't, my stepdad didn't like us. He didn't want us living in the house. So he mm -hmm. would try everything to get us out. And my, you know, boyfriend, he became my husband, but he, he said, yeah, I don't know what convinced him to marry me, but we got married in Vegas when I was 17 and I was married to him for nine years, but I would say eight of those years were really bad. He cheated on me. So he had multiple affairs. He gave me a venereal disease, my first ever, my only STD and, you know, tried to blame me for that. He was dealing drugs. He was a drug dealer. So he went to prison for three years and he was just a crooked guy. You know, he just yeah. had a lot of, you know, I liked the bad boy in him, I think, because I was still trying to figure out what kind of person I want in my life. And because I didn't really know, I thought that was love. And I was like, oh, he was older than me. I was like, oh, it's nice to date an older man. He was a bad boy. I was like, oh, that's nice. He has a nice car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a you lot know. of women are attracted to bad boys. <laughs> yeah. And so I just like, wow, this guy is really cool. And, you know, I just, I tried to get away from him in the nine years. He went to prison. And that's when I finally you know, said, I'm, I'm going to divorce. I want a divorce. And he had asked me, can you wait until I get out of prison? Because he had a green card. So he wasn't a citizen, a United States citizen. Okay. And so if I divorced him while he was in prison, he would have got deported. And so he said, can you please, he was from the Philippines and he was like, so can you please wait? I said, okay, we had two boys. I didn't want my boys without a father. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'll just wait. And when he got out, we divorced, but what he was still kind of lying to all of us. And what I didn't know is that they were looking for him. So like they were actually still going to deport him. <laughs> and, and so he kind of went, we call it, I don't know. It's like underground, you know, he was opening mm -hmm. up accounts under his sister's name. He was buying cars under other people's names. And so he was kind of still doing crooked stuff when yeah. he got out. And so they, it finally caught up to him and, you know, ice came around and gathered up all the people that you know committed crimes he committed a felony so he wasn't allowed to stay in the united states anymore so he actually got deported you know since then he's passed away he passed away last year may wow so he's, he's not around unfortunately my boys lost their father but he you know went to the philippines and he hasn't been able to come back so that was my first husband and you know i waited probably not that long, maybe a year after I divorced him to marry my second husband. And my second husband, he wasn't as bad as the first, but he still had that controlling type behavior. And mm -hmm. it was something that I attracted in my relationships was guys that wanted to control me. And, you know, he wanted me to stay home when I was a career woman. He met me as a career woman. That's always been something really, really instilled in me is that I want a career. Like I want to make yeah. my own money. And so I always had that independence in me, even when I was a, a child. And I said, you know, I want to make my own money. I want to help provide. I'm not a stay at home mom. So we had a lot of problems with that type of control. And he wasn't a bad guy, you know, now reflecting back, I reflect back on in my mm -hmm. book a lot. I think it was just that I was a broken person and I still was trying to find my way. Yes. I think that I probably could have worked it out with him, but, you know, I was just 
I just didn't think he was the one for me. So we divorced after six years of being married. Um, I had two boys with him. So I had two boys with the first marriage, two boys with the second. Um, And then I kind of stayed single for a little while, but I was still in and out of a lot of relationships because I was always the kind of person that didn't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. So I kind of validated myself in men. Back then, I was like, oh, if I don't have a man, I'm not worthy. You know, I, I, need, a man or, I need a man in my life. I'm so sad. <laughs> you know, so every guy that I met, I kept saying, oh, he's the one. He's the one. Yeah. He's the one. <laughs> and, you know, I never waited. I never, I never dated. I just kind of got into these relationships, and I kept saying every guy is the one, but they weren't the one. And, you know, I finally met my third husband, which he is actually the older brother of my first boyfriend from high school. (laughs) So (laughs) it kind of gets a little crazy. And, um, you know, I already knew the family and we just kind of reconnected on Facebook and, you know, Facebook always connects people. And, you know, I started talking to him and I was like, Oh, he, you know, he seems cool. You know, we, we used to know each other when I was, you know, a kid, you know, when I was like 16, I think I was, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he was a lot older than me, you know, another bad boy, uh, personality. He was a bodybuilder, uh, great shape. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, Oh, okay, let's go out for coffee. But I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to date him. I said, I don't want to date. I just want to, you know, let's just be friends. Well, that friendship didn't last. And we ended up, you know, getting together, moving in pretty quickly, like our relationship. Uh, progressed really fast and um, he had a kind of crazy (laughs) ex-wife and she made our relationship really really bad I mean it just kind of added fuel to the fire I tried to be her friend and it just kind of added a lot of problems and you know we we should have never got married but we were just sitting down one day and it was after we had broken up probably three times (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, I, you know, I was always going back to these guys. So I was like, okay, yeah. you know, I got to go back to him. Nobody else is going to want me. I had four kids. I was divorced twice. So I was like, this guy wants me. And I, you know, I got to try to make it work. So we were just sitting down one day and I said, you know, if something happens to me, this was how the proposal went. You know, if something <laughs> happens to me, I would like you to, you know, take care of my kids and my finances. And he goes, well, why don't we just get married? i was like you know just to avoid all that i'm like oh okay you know there was no ring or nothing you know and i'm like okay let's get married so we got married without telling our kids i mean it was it was crazy wow like our kids weren't invited it was just his mom and dad my my family wasn't invited and we kept it quiet like we didn't tell our children it was really weird Wow. And I don't even know why. I don't even know why we didn't we didn't share it. I think it was because I was with his brother, like his brother was my first love. And so it just kind of it's just kind of weird. And so we were married probably I want to say 3 months when he started having this illicit fantasy that I talk about in my book. And he had this uh cuckold fetish. Um, which is where husbands want their wives to make love to other men in front of them. And at first I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. I was like, okay, let's just satisfy this one need for him and then we'll be done with it. Well, it ended up being every weekend. The only time he could get aroused was if we had another man in the bedroom. There was no women. It was just another man. And he started looking for these guys online, you know, he was doing everything. It was almost like he was 
like a pimp for me. That's what I felt like at the time. And he would find these guys. He would send me their pictures. You know, I'd be at work. He would text it to me. He would send guys emails about, oh, do you want to be with my wife? And all these things that I would find out later. And, you know, sometimes guys would show up to our house. One time while I was in the shower, this guy just showed up like naked in the bathroom. And it was just kind of those kind of things. And I remember we used to get these hotels and when I finally woke up is when my soul, every time this happened to me, my soul was just being taken from me and I just felt empty and empty and, and lifeless and, and just dirty, you know, and just like, why does my husband want to share me with these men? He's supposed to love me and protect me. So I just, you know, woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm done. And I couldn't, he was kind of, he was a very controlling guy too. And also he was abusive. So I knew I I couldn't leave him like while he was there. So I just wrote him a letter. I packed up all my stuff and I left and while he was at work and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I said, I need to go find my soul. I need to go find my heart. And that's when I moved like away from the area by myself to a small town a beach town where I knew nobody and I was just like I gotta heal my heart and I gotta get away from this toxic environment that was the third marriage and that was yeah that's when I woke up but I was I was 42 at the time so it took me that long to just realize I deserve to be loved and this is not love definitely absolutely absolutely and and he's, and he's passed away, too. He's, he's not even alive. He passed away three months after my first husband. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You have done a lot of living in a short period of time. Yes. And, and, and you have survived a lot. And I can understand why your friends told you that you need to write a book. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, you, you've um, definitely been through some things that most people don't even know people who've been through. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it is, it's really wonderful that you are transparent enough to share it because there are people who are going through the exact same things you went through and they may not yet have the courage to be able to share it and they're just Mm -hmm. keeping it to themselves and it's eating away at their souls Mm -hmm. and just hearing your story and hearing the fact that you're able to share and that you overcame and that you are on the other side of it could be just a thing that they need so I just want to thank you so much for that. And I'm sure there are more details in the book. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of details. I mean, I wasn't always a perfect mother. You know, it took me a long time to find myself and figure out what I wanted in life. I mean, I had affairs with married men because, you know, I thought, who's going to want me? You know, that was in my head all the time. Who's going to want me? If this guy wants me, okay, he's, he might be married. He might, maybe he'll leave his wife. They never left their wife, but you know, I throw in a few stories of, you know, that type of stuff. And I know I attracted all of that in my life. And Mm -hmm. I just finally said, no more. I don't want this anymore. I want an available man. I want a man who loves me. I deserve a man who wants me and only me. And so that's when I finally said, I'm done. (laughs) But it took me a really, really long time. (laughs) Yeah, but you got there. And there are some people who never get there. So uh, kudos to you for that. And, And just thinking about all of the mistreatment and the abuse that you've experienced, I'm just curious, have you forgiven 
you know, your your parents, your family, your ex-husbands? And if so, how were you able to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. And that took me, gosh, a really long time. But I think with writing, I actually forgave everyone a long time ago, but I realized that the pain and hurt was still there while I was writing my book um, last year. And so I started meditating and practicing nature and Buddhism, which has helped me throughout my entire life. Um, Nature and Buddhism saved my life with getting rid of the suicidal depressions. And so I just found my spirituality again, and it was helping me provide clarity in my mind, peace in my heart. I did a lot of challenges, meditation challenges. I did some transformation ones, and I really feel like meditating kind of took me over that finish line that I needed to get past. I still need to mend the relationship with my parents, but as far as like all the past relationships that I was hurt by, I forgave everybody. And I, you know, you got to forgive to move on. So. Yeah, that's so true. Kudos to you for being able to do that. And I think, you know, there's a common theme, no matter what your spiritual beliefs are, that spirituality and that connection to a higher power is one of the most common ways I think that people are able to forgive and to heal. So, I'm glad that you found that with with Buddhism and with meditation. I I too think that meditation is an amazing thing and 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 try to practice it every day. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I I meditate. I just I joined a challenge last year, a Hay House challenge, and I was like, I'll just try it, you know. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about meditation. <laughs> I was like, I'll just try it out. You know, I was all open for anything last year, and I was like, okay, you know, we were all stuck at home, so I'm like, let's just try it. And now I don't go a day without meditating. That's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is meditate for at least 20 to 30 minutes every day. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> so one of the th- Uh, And again, just thank you for being so transparent and vulnerable, because some of the things you talk about are really difficult to share. And as we're talking about healing and and sharing, when we keep it hidden and we keep it a secret, then it tends to remain to have power over us. And so just regarding the, the suicidal depression that you experienced and the suicide attempts that you had, is there anything you'd like to share with another woman who may have considered suicide or who may even be considering it right now? Yes. First and foremost, I would say talk to someone about how you're feeling because when I was going through it, even at the age of 16, I had no one to talk to. Well, I felt like I had no one to talk to. I didn't know about all the resources out there and I was ashamed. I carried a lot of shame and embarrassment. And I didn't want people to think I was crazy. I thought someone was going to put me in a straight jacket and throw me in the hospital. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I kind of just kept it to myself. But I would just say reach out to a loved one, a friend, a therapist, or any organization that can support you. There's so many organizations out there that you can call anonymously. I made the mistake of believing that nothing was wrong with me. And I was trying to cope with my depression on my own, which ultimately led me to take my life in my 30s. I almost took my life in my 30s. And, you know, I always thought therapy was for crazy people until I realized when I went that it wasn't for crazy people. It actually saved my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went through several therapists before I realized, you know, like crying to uh, these strangers, you know, and I, I, I just remember 
crying every single session and I was like gosh I'm just so depressed and I I remember the day after I took my life the day after I almost took my life I saw a therapist and she told me just straight up if you take your life you will break your children and that just like stuck me in the heart you know I I didn't want to repeat the cycle I was a broken child and I didn't want my children to go through what I went through in life so after that day, I made a commitment to my kids and myself that I was not going to be that person anymore. And I was going to take responsibility, responsibility for my own happiness. And um, that's when I just those feelings of suicidal depression just went away. And, you know, with with the help of my my spirituality, I just I just took that out of my mind and just conditioned my mind towards more positive things instead of negative Mm-hmm. And, you know, I affirm religiously every single morning, along with my meditation, I read a positive affirmation every day, sometimes five times a day, just mm-hmm. depending on like, how I'm feeling. Because, you know, I, I, I grew up without love. And so I think that I'm just one of those people that I always have to remind myself that you are worthy, you are loved. And I just condition my mind to just release all that negativity and just surround myself with positivity. And it definitely helps to not, you know, sulk in your misery because we are all responsible for our own happiness. I feel like, you know, like you or I, like nobody can make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. Nope. That is so true. (laughs) That is so true. Yeah. And it takes something to kind of shake you out of it. And it sounds like your therapist was able to shake you out of it because you loved your children so much that you didn't want to break them the way you were broken. And oftentimes we can get to that place where we don't love ourselves enough, but we love our children enough or we love someone else enough Mm -hmm. to, to make a different decision until we can learn to love ourselves enough. So no, you've got some great practices in place to to keep you there. And even people who grew up with all of the love in the world, you know, as a child, we can interpret things differently from the way that they were intended. So mm-hmm. we can still have some interpretations that make us feel like we're not loved or we're not worthy or we're not enough. I think we all have a little, a little bit of that in us. But I love the fact that you're sharing all of the things to kind of keep you on the positive track. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I always talk about on this show are limiting beliefs, which are those things we believe that hold us back and to keep us stuck. And you may have already touched on some of your limiting beliefs, but are there any that you would like to highlight that you have since changed, like what your limiting belief was and what your current belief is now? Yeah, definitely. First and foremost, number one is that I am worthy of love and happiness. I didn't think I was worthy of that for a long time. And so that was a limiting belief that I had to really overcome it, that I am worthy of that. And I deserve to be happy and live an amazing life full of abundance and joy. Mm -hmm. And I say that as a mantra every day to remind myself that I deserve to be happy. And you know, I am married to the love of my life, but if something happened to him, I would still go on with life. Yeah, I would be sad, but I would be happy because I have to make myself happy. So I think that was a limiting belief was that I always thought somebody had to make me happy. And, you know, it's like I, I looked for that in a lot of men, especially and some of my friends like, oh, if they're if they're sad, then I'm sad. But, it's, yeah, that's you know, it's, yeah, but it's really like. 
if they're sad, okay, let them be sad. That's their own feelings and their thoughts. Like that doesn't have any control over what what's happening in your life or your feelings. So that's definitely some of the limiting beliefs that I have. Yeah, no, those are some good ones that I think a lot of people can relate to. So you touched on your your husband. So just tell us a little bit about your your present. We talked about your past, how you ended up with the love of your life and what you're doing right now. Yes. So I love talking about him. I talk about him a lot, actually. <laughs> but um, before I met him, I uh, went to go see a psychic, uh, the girls at the hair salon, you know, girls at the hair salon, they always chat and stuff. And they were like, oh, you have to go see the psychic. She will tell you exactly what you need to know. Because I was just like tired of dating. I was I was dating a guy at the time, but he wasn't mean or anything. He just couldn't love like he didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved and he ended up actually telling me that at the end after a year we were together that I just can't give you what you need which I'm glad that he was so honest with me but when I went to go see the psychic I was actually seeing him and you know I walked into this to see her I finally went to go see her but I was really scared because I never saw a psychic before and I was like uh I don't know what to expect here (laughs) and so you know I went to go see her and she basically just you know asked me you know what do you want to know and I said I don't I don't really know what I want to know but I I do want to know like am I ever going to find true love and that was a question I really wanted to ask her and you know she started doing the tarot card readings and she got to probably like the last few cards and she said you know you're with somebody right now but this guy is not the guy you're going to be with Um, you're going to meet somebody who loves you unconditionally if you don't meet him by the end of 2017 or the beginning of 2018 you will never meet him and she also said he had a daughter and that's all she could tell me about him and I was like, who is this guy? Like, I had no idea because I knew no guys with a daughter. So I was like, what? So I was confused. And so I kind of just let it sit for probably a week or two. I went on vacation with this guy that I was dating. I got really sick, like uh, like cold, flu, everything you can name of. We went to Mexico. And I talk about this in my book, too. And I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had you know, diarrhea. I mean, you had the whole night and it was such a beautiful time in, you know, this warm weather. I was so sick. (laughs) And and this guy like that I was dating, he he didn't even go and get me medicine. I had to go to this Mexican drugstore. You know, I didn't know how to speak Spanish. I said, I have a cold. I tried to explain it to this guy. Wow. He, He gave me something to take and it actually helped. I think it was like Sudafed. And then when I got back home, I went back to see the psychic and I just said, you know, I got really sick. And she said, oh, that makes sense because we were cleaning out your heart chakra because I had asked her, I want to clean out my heart chakra. And she said, you were sick because you were cleaning that out. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) that's pretty trippy. And so then I asked her more about this guy, this mystery guy. And I said, so me and the guy that I was dating broke up. And I said, but can you tell me more about this other guy? (laughs) And I said, you know do I know him? Am I going to meet him through friends? And she said, no, you don't know him at all. And you're not going to meet him through friends. And I was like, okay. So I was still confused. So what had happened was to make a long story short, I was on Tinder and I was, you know, swiping right, swiping right. And none of those relationships, I had learned my lesson that I wasn't just going to date anybody. And so if I knew the guy only wanted sexual intimacy, I would never go out the next time. And so I was just scrolling, 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 you know, swiping, (laughs) swiping, and I swiped on my husband. 
and you know he wasn't my husband at the time but we went out and we met in october of 2017 and he told me i was going to be the last girl that he dated that he was going to get off the app and then I, it like clicked to me i was like oh that's what she meant like i would never <laughs> meet him and then i said wait a minute do you have a daughter he goes yes i have a daughter I actually have two daughters <laughs> Wow. And, uh, you know, we met in October 2017 and we've been married, you know, got married in August of 2019 and we're happily married. We're like the happiest. I'm the happiest I've ever been. And sometimes, oh. I, you know, I even cry because she, the way she explained him was exactly how my husband is like to the to the T. And so, beautiful. Yeah, so I was like, now I believe in psychics. I mean, I, I'll, I haven't seen a psychic since, but that was the first and only time I've ever seen a psychic. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy for you and excited. So I know you mentioned that you had four boys yes. uh, and, and your husband had two daughters. So do you have any other children or are there six children now? So he has two daughters and a boy. So we have seven together. Okay. <laughs> so that must and, be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we have three grandchildren. So we have two grandsons oh. and one granddaughter. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Everyone loves to hear a good love story. So we've talked about your past and your present. I would love to hear about your triumphant future what are your desires for your future yeah so that's a good question because i actually started doing this uh, 21 day manifesting challenge with gabby bernstein and she had wrote something on instagram to write down our desires (laughs) and so when i saw your question i was like oh that's interesting because both me and my husband wrote down our desires on new year's eve and we burned the paper at the stroke of midnight because that was what the guidance was telling us to do and so you know my desires for my future was including abundance joy a successful pre-order and book launch you know i want to land a contract with the right traditional publisher and i also am transforming my life into a better version of myself Mm. and so that's like that's what i envision for 2021 and beyond (laughs) Mm -hmm. i know that there's so much more i want to manifest but i know that those are the things that i can that come to mind like right now yeah absolutely and what is the title of your book Uh, freeing your heart for love okay lovely wonderful so what would you tell knowing what you know now and having been through what you've been through now you started off saying that you realized that there were some blessings and opportunities and some of the hardships that you suffered so what would you tell your 20 year old self I would tell her this. I love you. You are brave, strong, and enough. And more importantly, you can do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. I wish somebody would have told me that in my 20s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just those three words. I love you. There are a lot of us that needed to hear that in our 20s. And it's interesting because we as a society tell our babies and our toddlers and our young children I love you all the time but I'm thinking back and I'm like you know once our children get into their teens and their 20s you know we don't tell them how much we love them and we don't necessarily teach them to tell themselves that they love themselves and and I try to do that with my boys I try to tell them 
I love you too. Thank you for telling me you love me, but tell yourself that you love yourself too. Mm-hmm. Just get them in the, in the habit and the practice of doing that. Yes. Yeah. So you shared your desires for the future and your 2021 goals, the things that you want to manifest. Are there any specific goals that you have just for 2021? Like by the end of 2021, I would like to have accomplished this. I know the book launches is one of the specific ones, but are there any other specific 2021 goals? Yes, I actually want to be an inspirational speaker. I'm actually booked for my first virtual worldwide event on January 23rd. Oh, congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's with one woman and it's a it's called a Fearless Women's Summit. And that's my first big speaking event. It's virtual, but I'm second to the last speaker and I'm just really over the top excited that I was given this opportunity. So I definitely want to be an inspirational speaker. I want to be on more podcasts. And I also want I'm I'm thinking about becoming a book coach because I loved the process so much that I feel like I can help somebody else get their book out because everybody has a story. And I feel like I can help people get their story out to the world. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. And you're right. Everybody does have a story. And and that would be such an amazing thing for you to do, to be a book coach and an inspirational speaker. Do you have a topic for your presentation? What's the name of your talk? Yeah, so uh, it's called My Fearless Story. And I'm basically just going to share a lot about what me and you talked about, just share my story, share my book, parts of my book and, you know, how I overcame the suicidal depression, you know, how I got through all of those bad relationships and I got to practice my speech still, but (laughs) I have, I only have 20 minutes. It's not that long. But, you know, I was a little intimidated at first because there's a lot of a lot of the other women are CEOs, you know, they're already entrepreneurs that I went to their websites and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm with this group of women. And then I just looked on the flip side of it. I'm like, wow, I'm with this group of women. Exactly. <laughs> and here is little me, you know, first time author. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I'm excited. It's January 23rd. I can actually send you the the link if you're interested it's a free event you can just uh, sign up online absolutely definitely send me one woman conference for anybody who's listening who might want to check it out as well and that's very inspiring because you know the things that you have intended to manifest are happening and and you can tell that they're you know happening in a supernatural way because just like you said you are amongst these ceos and these other people as a first-time author because that's where you're supposed to be and Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's really exciting and inspiring so you can definitely go from a troubled past to a triumphant future yes yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely and the 20 and january 23rd 2021 it my husband reminded me that it's 20 uh the 23rd equals five and 2021 equals five and five is his favorite number and five is an angel number and when i looked up what the angel number means it's a lot of what i'm going through right now in my life (laughs) and so you know we went out and bought you know a lottery ticket for mega millions because tomorrow's the fifth and that's tomorrow's the draw (laughs) so i was like there's something about that number five (laughs) right right the the synchronicity of it all right yeah 
Well, thank you so much for bearing your soul with us today. I appreciate you, and I would love to know how we can pre-order the book and also how we can stay abreast of all of the the wonderful things you're going to be doing during 2021. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here, and I hope that I inspired all of the listeners out there. (laughs) But actually, my pre-order is launching tomorrow, so it will be, my website is freeingyourheartforlove.com. And it's going to be live tomorrow. I have some special bonuses for people that pre-order my book. And if you subscribe to my mailing list, you can grab my first chapter for free. Mm. Uh, So that's launching tomorrow. And then I'm on all social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. I also started a new podcast show with my friend, Tiffany. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) And so we have our podcast show is called Knowledge to Inspire. And it's another author friend of mine. And we are on YouTube and in our private Facebook group. So we just actually started that podcast show not too long ago. Well, congratulations on the new launch of your podcast. So what name are you under on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? Is it Freeing to Love? Uh, So Facebook is at Writing is My Kismet. And that's uh, Instagram is the same thing. And then LinkedIn is just my name, Lauren Patterson. And Twitter is LP is My Kismet. I can actually send these to you if you want to send it out to your listeners yeah that would be great if you could send all of those to me so i i can include them well this has been a very inspiring conversation i know i'm inspired and i'm sure others listening will be inspired as well so wishing you a wonderful prosperous bountiful abundant 2021 and i'll talk to you soon Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guest, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown Coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. Goodbye for now.